Hello and welcome to season four, episode nineteen. There are going to be many glitches in the system tonight. I am Graham Wilson, the host. You're, you're going to have to do without the dulcet tones of Brian tonight. Tonight with me, I have Lauren, my fellow Scott, and Jamie, our Northern boy. How are we? It feels like a long week already, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long, long weekend. Good weekend, though, because obviously Texas won, Cowboys won, Green Bay Packers lost. Um, you know, so it's it's been a good weekend if nothing else. Did, did you go to Wembley, Jay, with your dad? No, no, that's a that's another story. Uh, we were <laughs> we were cursing the the, the tout gods on uh, on Sunday morning. Um, just, just unfortunate that the uh, the process is so flawed, and that mm. so many touts can get tickets. It's amazing how many people um, they buy tickets at ten o'clock in the morning uh, on a weekday, and then by ten o two they realise they can't go, and then they realise that they can sell a ticket for five times the profit. So they stick it on one of the ticket sites, which I will not mention because they're um, the scourge of humanity and they try and sell <laughs> £30 seats for £500 and someone's buying them. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame that the NFL allow people to profit on these kind of tickets. Um, but it's not the first time. When we went to Lambeau Field, um, we paid $300 a ticket for $100 seats. So it's it's not just us. It's, a, it's around the league. Um, we're talking to two guys um, who basically they sit next to the two guys that we, guys seats that we were in. They say that they sell one game and it pays for half their season ticket. So there you go. Simply because the Packers and it's Lambeau Field. So mm. yeah, not that bitter about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just you just wish you were there to rub it in your dad's face. Oh, he wasn't pleased. No, I wasn't pleased. That uh, um, look, I was I was bigging up the Michael Gallup catch, and uh, I said to him, "The Packers should get one of these one of these receivers, one of these guys that can actually catch the ball with two feet inbounds and hold on to it." You know, it's it's groundbreaking stuff, it really is. Um, yeah, what did you guys do for the game? Yeah, well, what's the what's the bit of the what's the thing? What's the second half of the London game? And then kind of just chill beforehand, um, just caught up on the news and stuff. We, we did a a virtual tailgate before the game started. A few of us came on on the from the Facebook group, and then yeah, just kind of kicked back and took the reins on Twitter, which was interesting set to none to say the least. <laughs> yeah, no, I I was pottering around the house. I had it on in the background, the London game. Um, you know, obviously, Packers thought they had it one at half time, and then you know, I, 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 I actually had a couple of quid on the on the Giants, so um, I did well this weekend with my bets as well. So I'm quite happy. Um, I can I can eat this week. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then obviously it was it was good staying up to or. Yeah, it was well worth staying up past midnight for the for the end of the the Cowboys Rams game as well. So, 
Have we all got our victory polos on? I, I, I realise I haven't. But... No, I haven't. <laughs> I've, got like a, I've got someone that goes above me, Nick, so we'll pass that. I've, I've got a proper shrub, you know. Yeah, RJ is enjoying himself on, on Twitter this week. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's he's well fired up for the for the Eagles game. Can't wait for that. Um, oh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. If nothing else, I really hope we win because the following week I've got, there's an event up here in Scotland where Hollis Thomas, the, the former Eagles lineman, is coming across and he's doing a night in Glasgow. He's doing a night in Edinburgh. And the video for it, he, you know, he finishes off saying, ah, Dallas sucks and all that. So I'm looking forward to walking in. I've been trying to get one of the Beat by Dallas t-shirts, but um, you know, it's not it's not going to arrive on time. So, But I'm going to go in wearing Cowboys gear anyway. So win or lose. Good man. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll be jumping straight into news and... So, how is Micah Parsons feeling after the, the efforts on Sunday? Apparently, he feels fine. Um, do we do we trust the process? Are we are we quite? Uh, do we fully expect to see hundred percent of Micah Parsons on Sunday, or is, are we holding a little bit back? Do we think? I th- I think you'd have to actually lock him in a room to, and mm. it need to be it need to be a foot 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 wide door because um he he tried breaking that down anyway i think there's there's no way he's not going to play how effective he's going to be now he's 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 saying that there is you know the groin's actually eased off and he's not not experiencing any pain is that is that just the adrenaline running from from a win you know if 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 this had been a loss would it would it be a bit more painful or something i don't know but um yeah, I, th- I I think you'll see him play it. If nothing else in some description, you'll see him play and maybe used again primarily as a third down receive, uh, uh, sort of a third down rusher. Yeah. Um, but I th- I think in some respects, you you know we we've got a a fairly tough test this week with a quarterback who is mobile. So you're probably going to see um, Micah probably more as a linebacker this week. But um, obviously, I'll wait. Leave that till the 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 pregame show on Thursday night. So, <laughs> what did you think of the usage, Jay? When when you, obviously we heard about the engine and we saw him on the bike. What did you think of the third down stuff? Did it give you any anxiety at all? I, I think just seeing him on the bike and seeing him. I think I can't remember which 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 tackle it was. There were one when he came back on, um, and he kind of. Looked like he was grimacing a little bit, and I'm thinking this is just not what we need. It's like we've lost his quarterback. There's, there's number two receivers just on his way back. It's like we've lost his all-pro left tackle for God knows how long the season. He's thinking, please, not the best player on the roster. Please, let's just give us give us summer. And then, like you say, he, he kind of he carried on. But like, like you say, that is, it, was that just the adrenaline? Was that is that just the warrior inside him that's I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let my teammates down. Um like you say, fingers crossed. It's like it's one of them with like like a bit with like Sean Lee, wasn't it? Like put 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 him in cotton wool bubble wrap all week. He doesn't need we have seen him though, he doesn't need to practice. It's just let him chill, let him just 
watch film on the on the Sheagles and then um yeah let him let him kind of get into the Hulk mode on on Sunday night mon, Monday morning what it'll be for us I mean certainly he uh the line's always hungry and I think uh they would have to like you said Ron they would have to cage him to <laughs> to keep him off the field <laughs> against the Eagles it's going to be a, a a huge game um for both defensive units I think and uh like you guys are saying I just hope he hope he shakes it off and it, it's not like he's got 10 years worth of injury concerns to hamper him I think um Hopefully we'll we'll see a hundred percent of Micah Parsons. Talking of a hundred percent, Dak Prescott's thumb. Now I've been hearing. I don't know if you guys have been hearing, but I've been hearing that he's been desperate to shake everybody's hand and show them how strong his grip is. What do we What do we think of Dak um, throwing the ball again? Encouraging, but is it a little too early? Wasn't that mentioned in the commentary at some point? Yeah. Saying when Dak came. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, the first thing he asked, he said to people was, how, how, how strong do you think the grip is? So, yeah, it's it's one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's and I got got a bit, bit of commenting um, last week, but it's just like it's one of them, and it, it kind of felt like the Romo situation when Romo went down and Dak took the place. But it's yeah, he's a forty million quarterback, but we're four and one. Do you do you? Do you change it now and put him back in, or do you do you play Cooper Rush for however long? And then if the Eagles kind of start getting away with it with it on the weekend, do you throw him in? I think I think yeah, you could definitely have him sitting on the bench and act active for this game. But I mean, you know, we're ahead of the game and where we thought we'd be, you know, at this point in the season. I mean, if I think I had us at two, three and two, possibly at worst case scenario, two and three um, coming into this week, you know, and to do it without Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush isn't, you know, the main thing for Cooper Rush is he's not turning the ball over. He's not making mistakes. Now his receivers aren't helping him out and we'll get on to that in a bit. But, um, you know, <sighs> It's interesting. One of the deep blue documentaries this this year was about the 1991 season where Steve Burline had the hot hand, came in, and Steve Burline obviously had been with the Raiders before, and he won his first five starts with the Cowboys as well. Um, you know, and then come the playoff game, you brought you know you benched him and brought Troy Aikman in for the for the Detroit game, and you know Troy wasn't ready. Um, you know, and that was that was the end of our that was the end of the postseason and what have you. But um, you know, so there's there's a bit of a lesson to learn from that, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, you know, why not wait until you've got a relatively meaningless game against either the Lions or the the Bears? Um, you know, and just see what. Cooper Rush can do. This defense should keep us in the game. Um, you know they've done it. They've done it so far this season. They kept us in every single game. This is the best defensive performance since 1972, way back in the days of the original Doomsday defense. Um, you know, in, in that they've only allowed one touchdown per game. 
um, and no no team's got more than twenty points against us. So, you know, the offense has at least proved it can, or the team has at least proved that we can score twenty points week in week out, give or take the the, the first game of the season. Um, I I think you stick with the hot hand and go with Cooper Rush unless Dag actually absolutely lights it up this week in practice. Jay, what do you think? Do we do we roll with Coop or do we do we force not force, force is a bit of a strong word, but do we do we ask Dak to come back straight away? I, I, I'm having this feeling of I've I've got a feeling Jerry's gonna have a say in this one. Um and apparently I'll buy all accounts years ago on it that um when Dak went on that great run when he t- when he took over when Tony was was injured and apparently Jerry wanted Tony back in the team and Jason Garrett kind of went no, um, I've got to stick with the hot hand and and that's this no disrespect to Dak and I think Dak would probably look at it the same that it's the, the team the team without Dak this year is far enough, um, I know we're coming up against arguably you could probably say the most explosive offense this coming week but they've, they've found a little bit of rhythm and, and kind of have got a little bit of flow going Cooper Rush isn't going to be asked to open the open the floodgates he's going to be asked to manage the game well um and if anything I think he's, he deserves it and I, I just think with how it's going we, we, we might be sitting here next week and be saying something different if if we stick with him and we get completely blown out by by that lot, um, and say well we should have put Dak in, but I just and with Lon, I think I think you've got to just you've got to stick with it at a minute just for the fact that this team's on a on a four game winning streak. Why break it? As they say, what is it? Um, don't, don't change what's not broken. Yep, absolutely. I like it. I I think um, I think it would be tough to ask Dak to come in against a a good defence straight off the bat when you consider that Cooper Rush has done very, very little wrong. Um, I think it would be a, it would be a completely different story if Rush had one two lost to, hmm. for instance. Like if we were sitting at a three and two or a two and three, that's different. Um, but there's a rhythm, you know, there's there's a rhythm and why break the rhythm? Um Anyway, we're, we're, we're starting to touch on the offence. So let's move on to Dalton Schultz. Now, TV viewers may have seen Dalton Schultz slam his helmet into the turf at some point. Um, BleachersReport.com is reporting that Schultz is likely to play versus the Eagles. What do we make of that? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that he's, he's talking about playing. I mean, and there's there's an announcement today that we've signed another tight in the practice squad. So perhaps perhaps they're preparing for not having him and then it's further competition for Sean McKeon. Um you've got to you've got to wonder about the effectiveness. I mean he only played ten plays there on Sunday. Um you need to get if he's gonna be your you know, is he trying to stay in the game because obviously he's seen these young whippersnappers like Henderson and Ferguson starting behind him playing 
playing well and he's 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 watching you know the the gamble that he took on on signing the contract tender um you know is that not paying off and he's he's maybe you know he's needing to put the tape together to audition for a job next year um you know and is this forcing him to play while he's while he's not 100% um you know but we literally we need all 53, all the active guys that are on the roster on a Sunday, you need all of them to play. So if there is an injury concern, um, I think you should really rest him up and what have you. But, uh, you know, ulti- ultimately, he's got to prove that he can go this week in practice. So. Jamie, what's your what's your 2023 take on Dalton Schultz? Is the, is the reputation damaged at the minute? Trying to work work out how to put this politely. <laughs> um, every, every, everyone knew my um, my thoughts on on the sign resigning for this year. Um, there's not, in my in my opinion, there's not many eleven million dollar titans in this league. Donaldson is definitely not one of them. That's no disrespect to the guy. Um, as a person, I'm, I'm sure he's a great person off the field. I just don't think he's done anything in his career to warrant an $11 million contract for this year anyway. Um, I, I, I've i seen, I know it's only been five week um, and the, the guys are still kind of finding the, the feet in the league, but with what we've seen so far of Ferguson and Hendershock, I, I, I would be more than comfortable going into 2023 with those two as our, as our tight start uh, combined starting Titans and letting Schultz walk. I just because if he, if he's on 11 million dollars this year, regardless of how he plays, he's going to become he's going to command a massive contract, and you've got to think further down the line of who's coming up. You, you've at some point you, you're going to have to relook at Diggs because Diggs is going to come up in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, City Lamb's going to come up again in the next couple of years. Then yep. you've got to look at there's what I know he's only he's only a second year, but then eventually there's going to be Parsons down the line. Yeah, yeah. So if, mm-hmm. it's like that thing in it. It's yeah, it's six or one half and does another. I I just don't think Terence yeah. Steele Terence Steele will want paid soon enough if he's going to play right tackle. Yep, exactly. And then you you're looking at. How this how this defensive line is playing at the minute as well. Some of these guys are going to command a big contract coming off because I do. It's the best best front four group um, in the league at the minute. So some some of these guys, and then you're looking at then at the back end of the of it. it there's Leighton Van Der Esch. Does he get another contract next year or extension or whatever? However you want to look at it. So you, you've got to. You've got to look at the whole picture, and you know, I just don't think that, especially what we've been paying on offensive players. I mean, we're paying through the nose for Dak, who deserved it. Not, that's nothing. We, we've we've got us on the hook for a lot of money for Zeke. Um, Gallops on quite a bit of money. So, you, do, do you pay another offensive weapon like like that that doesn't for me doesn't do enough in a game to? Warren, eleven million dollars. I mean, it's it's not a Jason Witten kind of tight end that racks up a lot of yards and is a threat every every single down he plays. I just 
I would let him walk and let's see what we've got in these two guys that have, have shown some great potential so far in the first five weeks of this season. Speaking of contracts, going to bring up this, que- this not question, but comment from Joe. Can you imagine having a $2 million quarterback starting and a $40 million quarterback sitting on the bench? Does this come into play on Sunday? And are we basically overlooking the fact that Dak is the man? You know what? I'm just quickly, going to do, I, I can imagine it because we because we lived it. We lived it five years ago now. Yep. Um, but I think, yeah, I just think Jerry might put his foot down a little bit more this time than maybe last time. I, I think the thing is, I mean, you know, the fact that we're in the position we're in, Jerry's maybe going to say, look, you know, we don't need to rush Dak back. But I think ultimately when Dak is 100%, there, there is no question this is his team. That You know, the, the whole thing with um, Romo was actually, Romo didn't, you know, the only guys that Romo actually had on his side were Witten and Des Bryant. And both actually, as Dak started playing and playing well, Witten and Des Bryant were actually saying, look, don't move away from, don't go back to Tony unless there's an injury. Stick with Dak. Dak is playing lights out and, you know, that's what you need to do. And I think, you know, you can't say that Cooper, Cooper Rush has done a steady job, but he hasn't set this offense on fire. Um, you know, he he has the guys work playing for him. He's but he's he's actually going in. He's doing exactly the same thing as Dak does. He's not trying to be anything else other than Cooper Rush, and he's trying to guide this offense as best he can. Um, but you know, ultimately, he knows it's not his job. What he's done now is he's set himself up to be the equivalent of who is it, Chase Daniels, who you know has has a long-term career as a as a bench warmer clipboard holder he's now got his own um you know he's appearing on uh, i think it's espn or something like that he's got a, yeah. he's got a tv deal where he appears one day a week <clears throat> a bit like micah parsons is on first take um you know so he, he set himself up and i mean there will be you know, we maybe do need to think about signing him to a club before the end of the season if if this continues because, you know, there will be somebody who needs a quarterback, uh, commanders. Um, <laughs> we, we could do a whole show on that long. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Rivera, okay, he's, he's, he's recanted a little, but, you know, he was asked yesterday what's the difference between the commanders and the other three teams in the NFC East. And, you know, he, he said it's quarterback play. So, you know, and they're, they're, pay, they're paying Prince Harry to, to <laughs> quarterback, you know, so and he's, he's not coming up with the goods. So. Right, OK. I think we've uh, we've we've dabbled around the news and, news and updates enough. Let's get into the nitty-gritty, shall we? Let's talk Cooper Rush and this amazing Dallas Cowboys defence. They just seem to get the job done. Um, who wants to take it away with their initial thoughts on the offence? 
I think this offense, uh, I mean, uh, again, as we've been saying there with Cooper Rush, that, you know, it's been a steady offense. We're, we're actually seeing a slight evolution in um, Kellen Moore's game planning as well. I think whether that's Mike McCarthy's, um, you know, had that steadying input. But, I mean, this weekend, I think there, there was a stat up at least halfway through the fourth quarter where it was showing that we'd gone 60% of the... 60% run, 40% pass. Yep. Um, you know, Cooper Rush only attempted, what was it, six, 16 passes, 17 passes. Um, it got sacked a couple of times, obviously. Um, b- both times that he got sacked, uh, Pollard was the blocking back, which, you know, for, any, for anybody who um, says that, Pollard is, you know, Pollard should be getting more snaps than Zeke, you know, then um, th- there's your counterpoint straight away. Um, you know, but um, we're actually seeing, we're, we're seeing a relatively good game plan that's been put in and we're not, we're not, you know, every time so far a team has scored against us to, to go up, we've gone back and answered on that next drive. Um, you know, that... <laughs> The 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 TD that we gave up to Cooper Cup that could have been a backbreaker. I think I think Brian actually came on the the group chat that night and said, "Oh, this is it, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get embarrassed in the second half, or, or we're gonna get embarrassed after this." And the Cowboys' offense went, said, uh, "Wait a minute, calm, no. calm." Marched down the field, got to got to forty three yard line, and you know, Pollard took it away from there, and then. You know, from that point of, uh, from that point on, you know the Rams weren't in the game at all. So, um, and the main thing is that we were still, even when they knew that we were going to, we were going to be running the ball in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter to salt this game away. You know, the Rams couldn't stop us. Um, you know, and I think again, this offensive line, it it had its difficulties. I mean. Zach Martin going up against Aaron Donald on the first play. Zach Martin couldn't sit down on Aaron Donald, so he was getting pushed back into Cooper, Cooper Rush's face. And Cooper Rush's first attempt there was, um, you know, was a was an incomplete uh, hop off the ground. Um, you know, Tyler Smith. Then you know Aaron Donald went across and picked on Tyler Smith for a bit. The only one that, again, interestingly, the, the one that he had a bit of trouble with was Connor McGovern. Um, so, he, he, you know, some, somebody called Connor seems to be his kryptonite, you know. Um, so, Jay, um, Cooper Rush has beaten both Super Bowl finalists. Explain that to me. I've, 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 I've got a good mind to ask him what the lottery numbers this week are. <laughs> It's like with them, isn't it? It's like it's it, it's 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 raining millions of dollars through it, and it? it's 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 going the right way. And I, I think we and it's we're at some point in the game, I mean towards the end, when it maybe midway through the fourth quarter, there was a stat that absolutely astonished me. And I sat there and I was like, and it was Cooper Rush had not even thrown for a hundred yards. And I was like, if you looked at the, I think I think did he end up with a hundred and one. Yeah, 100, 100, 102. 
ten completions, one hundred and two yards. And if you if you would have just said that stat line alone, and then compared it to Matt Stafford, I think did Matt Stafford for throw for three hundred three hundred eight one eighty through. You would have thought that the Cowboys got absolutely pulverised. Um, That's that against the Super Bowl holders. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, and it goes back to that thing that it's that they're using the right the, the right parts of the playbook for what what Cooper Rush can do. Um, got to show props to, to Tony Pollard. I, I always loved the pick when we picked him up originally in the draft. But it, it just seems to be getting better week on week, year after year. Um, and like we say, you, you mentioned you know, that a, a little bit at times, Tyler Smith struggled. Um, he's had a good year so far. And to be fair, he's probably the best defensive tackle in the league he was up against this week. And like I said, he was moving around a bit. So you can allow him, you can, you can let him off for that one. Um, do you know what I mean? A, a, probably a bad game against. Something like an Aaron Donald is is going to be perfect for him. Do you know what I mean? It's to see where he's he can kind of measure where he's at already to where he needs to be and to to get to kind of a a, Tyler, a Tyron Smith kind of a level of of a left tackle. So it was definitely impressive. Um, I just think we, we we could have blown them out the other other day just for the fact that we know what the Rams are like. We know that Stafford's a quality quarterback. Cooper Cup's a quality wide receiver. They've got a decent offensive line. Got an half decent running game. <laughs> the Cowboys could have been 15 0 up with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And we would have all still been sat there thinking, we're going to blow this. We're going to blow this. Something's going to happen. It's the Cowboys' way. Um, but it, yeah, and like Long said, I mean, that, that big touchdown for um, for Cooper Cup could have, could have broken his backs. And it, it had a bit of a reminiscence for me of. It was at the Patriots last year, wasn't it? When the Patriots scored that touchdown right towards the end, and it was like, "God, this is going to kill us." And then we, we ended up coming back and winning it. And it's it's good to see that kind of the team don't let these big players now affect them in a massive way, and they just sit there and go, "You know what? We, we've given up a score." The, the, the offense and go right. Let's roll our sleeves up. The defense has, has done as well, done as proud so far this this game. Let's go on and get some more points on the board, and then. Backs that up with the the comment that we just seen from Dijon. I mean, the, the defense then went and completely shut them out of the second half. So, what was probably a nervous second half for us all ended up not even being half as nervous as it needed to be, just for the fact that the defense were like, "We've got this." And um, I think we've all said it the last few weeks that this Cowboys defense doesn't get enough credit and that it deserves. But not saying that they're going to be as good, but it was one. Was it the ninety-three defense? It was the best in the league and never got any Pro Bowl um, acknowledgements, kind of thing. To, to let it go that way because then they're just going to play with a chip on the shoulder. Um, the same with the offense. Not a lot of people talk about the offense. They'll play with a chip, and that's that's probably the most dangerous time to play the, this team, especially when so many people are un, are underrated. As everyone's, I think did Mike's Mike that posted in the group. We're at 12 of the NFL.com analysts were asked to, to pick the, the winner for the game and only one out of 12 picked the Cowboys. Like you say, write us off at your peril because we'll, we'll just come back and bite you in the proverbial backside. So on the running game, question for the both of you, which 
running back is more important to the Cowboys' offense right now? It depends on how you look at it, don't you? Um, in terms of getting a lot of yards, Tony Pollard, but then who's the better blocker? Like you say, the, the, the two times that he got sacked, Cooper Rush this weekend came while Tony Pollard was on the field. Um, it's hard because I, I really like Zeke and just, it's just, I, are we starting and and because you know I like to you, you know I like to play double advocate sometimes. Are we, are we seeing when I say the decline of Zeke? Are we, are we finally seeing all these this time? Because he never missed a game in college. Is apart from suspension, he's not really missed any game time in the NFL. Are we finally starting to see Zeke slow down a little bit, or the or the Cowboys being a bit more? Um, what's the word? Conservative with how they use Zeke because we're not seeing those almighty burst that we used to see like some of the like look at the big one that Tony Pollard put on at the weekend we're usually seeing Zeke play that is it just now more defensive back uh, defensive backs and defensive linemen are a bit more accustomed to how Zeke plays and because Tony Pollard's now coming out of his shell a little bit more that's why we see him get a lot more yards because other teams don't know how to to defend against him I just I don't know I don't want to bad mark Zeke it's a, t- it's a tough <laughs> one that's exactly why I asked um Lauren, I, if, Jamie I, sit, if, if Jamie sits on this fence any longer, he's going to tear himself in two. So you go and, you go and answer the question. I, th- I think you still need Zeke. And I think you need Zeke more than you need Pollard. I think the, the fact that Zeke is starting and Zeke is knocking out, you know, the initial five or six runs or so and hammering that defence. I mean, he is getting the dirty yards. And then... You know, you're, you're bringing on um, Pollard as a change of pace back. Much like you go back to when um, Parcells was head coach here and you had guys like Marion Barber, Felix Jones, um, you know, Julius Jones and what have you. These guys complemented each other. You had Marion Barber who could slam it right up the middle and then you brought in one of the change of pace backs and, you know, he was able to scamper for the for the long TD. Um, I don't, you know, and I mean, even, you know, the, the next play after, the next run after Pollard's run, um, Zeke got 11, 12 yards on effectively the same play up the middle. Um, you know, yes, Zeke doesn't, doesn't have the same um, capabilities that he probably did back in uh, 2016 you know everybody compares him to 2016 Zeke and unfortunately he's had too many carries since then um you know but yeah. he, he is he is still probably the the better back as far as I'm concerned in terms of an all-rounder that you know he, he, we need him in there protecting uh, on pass protection if nothing else yeah, and, you know the the main thing is yeah you could you know everybody bags on Zeke because he held out for that contract, and I think that's maybe maybe bad advice by his agent or whatever. But you know the atmosphere that he has in this team or he's creating in this team, he's not saying it's all about me. He's quite happy with what Pollard's doing. He's quite happy to be splitting the time with it, Pollard because he knows that you know he's going to get things off. Things are going to open up for him. Things are going to open up for Pollard. 
and it's uh, you know he's not getting wound down into the ground so that you know he is still fresh at the end of the game. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy's come out and said that you know he wants to see our backs have thirty touches a game. Um, you know, and that's supposedly that's showing that we're we're committing to the ground game a bit better and not putting it into the quarterback's hands. Um, and so far, it's working for us. So yeah, I would on on this question, I would say that um, never underestimate the value of a running back that can punch in the last three yards to get a first down. Um, it looks easy on TV, but you can bet your bottom dollar. I, I've obviously never played kitted football, and I know how difficult it is. Um, just just by just by the amount of situations I've watched where teams haven't been able to punch in the last three yards and they, they have to punt the ball away and it's so difficult to to get those last three yards because everybody on the field knows exactly what's going to happen. Uh, the reason I raised the question is Zeke hasn't had a 100-yard game. Does that concern us at all? I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's still actually on pace for... You know, and especially with the the seventeen games this season, you know, he's still on pace for a thousand yards. And I mean, that's yeah. what if, you know, you, you, some of these thousand yard rushers can be, um, you know, one hundred and fifty one week, and then ten ten yards next week because they're absolutely, you know, the the defense is keying in on him. If he's if he's mm. consistently running up seventy yards a game, you know, I'd rather have that than a two hundred yard game, and then you know the equivalent of what Denver a couple of years ago where he only got eight yards on on 19 carries or something like that. So, um, you know, it, it's better to be consistent and and rack up the yards under the radar, as it were, than, um, you know, yes, we'd love him to have 100 yards every single week and lead the league with 1,700 yards. Yeah, of course we would. Um, but, no, that's... You know that's when you when you can't touching the ball twenty yard uh, twenty uh, times a game and guys are jumping on top of you and then you 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 factor in the the pass protection as well. You know that's that's a that's a hell of a lot to put on one man's shoulders. Okay, Jay. Here's a here's a fantasy. Oh, you're on you're on mute, Jay. Done. I don't know why we're on mute there, but now we're just going to touch as well. Just with Lauren saying about, I mean, he's consistent. If you look back through his his career in the NFL on the ground, apart aside from the season where he got the the suspension, um, he's had a thousand yards every year, at least a thousand yards on the ground. And I think the the year that he didn't, I, I probably caught it wrong, but I, I think it was something about nine hundred and forty yards or something daft like that. So he's it's consistent, like I say, it's consistent. That's the one good thing about Zeke. Um, and it, like, he's still young. That's the that's the strangest thing out of it all. He it, it, it came into the league so young anyway, but he's yeah. I, I just I think it I think it helps because the first few years as well in the league, and no disrespect to the running backs had been in, but it kind of it was just solely, solely focused on Zeke. It was just it was kind of guys that was just kind of backing up because we needed a second, third running back. Whereas now we've got what feels like a legitimate number two running back 
that you don't have to put Zeke in every single down, or if you've gone on the field, you don't always have to give it to Zeke because you know that Pollard can now burst through, burst up the middle like Zeke can, whereas you always used to see Pollard busting it on the outside. So that's probably only going to benefit the Cowboys a lot more because we're going to get more quality downs out of Zeke and you're going to get more, you might get an extra year or two out of him depending on if, if he sticks around with the Cowboys for the rest of his career. So it's, it, only, it, it only helps us anyway. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, just, just yeah, just keep just keep feeding him, and like I say, just if he's fifty yards a game, it's fifty yards a game because he he offers so much more in the pass protection and also even on the running in the in the passing game as well. So he's he's not just a one trick pony, is he? So moving on to the the offensive line, talk to me about Tyler Smith's game. Um, I mean, obviously you're you're moving uh, you're moving. Uh, a great, a great defensive line all over the place. Donald to the defensive end, sticking him in at D tackle. What do we think of Tyler Smith's performance? Do we, do we give him a pass on on the holding penalty and so on? Because basically, because it's Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you do. I mean, I always, I always remember there was a a video I used to watch that it was John Madden and explaining football and. It, Arch, Arch Shell, I think, was once quoted on that video that said, you know, if it's a choice between me, it, the guy getting to the quarterback and my quarterback ending up in, in hospital or, you know, a 10-yard penalty, I'll take the 10-yard penalty all the time. Now, Aaron Donald is, is somebody who is a difference maker. And, you know, as I said earlier, you know, he gave problems to just about everybody on that offensive line. They, they didn't just play him one side. They played him over uh, Mar- Zach Martin first play. Zach Martin couldn't sit down on him. Um, put him in, in front of Tyler Biadish. Biadish had help, but you know still struggled there. Put him over Connor Will- uh, Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern actually played him well because he's a bit of a mauler. Um, but Tyler Tyler Smith. I mean, yeah, okay, it was two sacks that he gave up from. Uh, you are the holding penalties and what have you. You know, he, he's he's still, you know, he's got the right attitude. He's coming off. He he wasn't flinging helmets, saying, oh, I messed up and all this sort of stuff. He calmly went over. Jason Peters was standing on the sideline. Jason Peters started trying to give him tips. He's listening to Jason Peters. He's taking these, he's taking these in. And the rest, you know, the rest of the time, when Donald wasn't on top of it, wasn't over him, you weren't hearing anything about Tyler Smith. He wasn't making the mistakes. Um, you know, he he will learn from this. He will watch the vid- He will watch the game tape and say, right, okay, the next time I'm facing them, this is this is what he tends to do. You know, and it, it's a way of you know sharpening his technique. And I think I think you know the Dallas front offense of. Uh, front office have actually lucked out again with a, a first round draft pick that nobody wanted nobody you know graded as a first round draft pick much like Travis Frederick um, you know and this guy's actually I wouldn't be surprised if you know if he's not certainly on the all rookie team um, you know I, I'd be surprised if he actually isn't an alternate for the you know possibly the Pro Bowl this year as well it's too early to say but I mean 
the the play that he has made this this first five games after you know sp- spending most of the training camp being a backup guard and not not taking any snap not taking any snaps at tackle um you know we've we've thrown him in and he's 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 more than he's more than swimming he's not sinking at all so yeah i mean aaron, aaron donald like you say year in year out is consistently the best if not one of the top two defensive tackles in the league um he makes the the best lineman oh sorry best defensive lineman look average at times um so coming up against a rookie that's still finding his feet like you're saying he's he's obviously he's 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 still trying to i mean he's, he's kind of doing it like on his own not on his own as such, but if you know what I mean, in, in terms of the, the plan, obviously all along was for him to play inside Tyron Smith and, and gain some experience playing alongside that kind of player. And he's kind of he's out there on his own and he's is getting inconsistency of who his left guard is at the minute because Peters is coming in now. Peters is injured and it's kind of like you, you've got to I mean give the kid time. So like you say, you, you can give him a pass on on that. He's He's probably another He's not going to come up. He's not going to come up against a better interior defensive player this year. Um, so, yeah, do you know what I mean, a good a good test of where he is. Like I say, he'll, he'll look back at it and go right. Yeah, this, this is where I, I messed up on, on a few players. This is where I can improve on. Um, and I, I think I think we'll see a different Tyler Smith this week. Um, Against another good, solid, if not top five defensive front. So, next question on the offense: Was the best part of the offense the fact that we didn't turn the ball over on Sunday? Do you know it's, there were a couple, couple of lost, couple of fumbles, but we never actually turned the ball over. Is that is that underrated? It's it's a surprising one in the sense of it's not spoken much because of the plays that that, that we we had um, the way that we, we managed the game really well. Um, so sometimes you don't see that. And that's a positive stat. It's it's one of those stats you want to come away with every week. Of you didn't turn the ball over, so you were doing something right, or at least you were you weren't forcing it too much um, and getting caught out and getting burned from it. So, I would say it probably is, yeah. Like I said, apart from the the, the Gallup toe grab, that was t- typical Gallup. I mean, you can you can you can guarantee nearly one of them a game off. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a positive for me. It's a step in the right direction, and then it just and not to be looking back, but it's just another one of them that it shows Cooper Rush. And I say Cooper Cup, and Cooper Rush is doing the right things, and it's that's why you need to kind of just roll with it at the minute, and if. If the Cowboys get blown out, then you sit there and say, well, do you know what? Yeah, we maybe should have changed it. But then if you put Dak in and we lose, and it's like, well, we're on a four-game winning streak. So stick with the guy that's not making the mistakes at the minute. And that's not saying Dak's crap because he's not. But it's just, yeah, keep it going. The yeah. offense is it's not, it's not electric, but it's not boring either. So, Lauren, if you, if you take that stat and combine it with the, the huge reduction in penalties... That sounds to me like winning football at the minute. 
It is. And I mean, we've certainly been lucky with the turnovers. We've been very lucky because we haven't had any turnovers thanks to the fact that, you know, uh, there was alert play there at the weekend with um, Tyler Smith jumping on the ball when Cooper Rush did fumble it. You had the, the two potential interceptions in the Commanders game that were wiped out because the Commanders' defensive backs were holding. Um, you know, we we have had opportunity or we have had instances, and you know, you you can only write that out so many times. Um, you know, at, at some point we're probably due. Uh, you know, a hex game and hopefully it's not this weekend sort of thing. But certainly the penalties, I mean, again, we were lambasting them in week one after the, you know, racking up 11 penalties. The penalties this year haven't been killer. I mean, I think the Rams actually committed more penalties. But again, you know, one of the things is Micah Parsons actually put something out this week that, you know, he was getting held something worse. I mean, yeah. The, you know, Jason Ferguson uh, or Ferguson's penalty for holding, you know, yeah, the guy, he had the guy by the shoulder pad and you could see the shoulder pad coming up. Micah Parsons had that against <laughs> him as well and was practically on his, yeah. you know, bending over like that and yeah. nothing was called. Um, you know, and this is something I'd, the officiating this week, you saw the two, um, questionable roughing the passer calls in other games this week, the, the Brady call and um last last night there was a call against uh, who was it? Um Derek Cargot's Derek Carr got sacked and the guy landed on top of him. You know, it wasn't a case of actually throwing himself on it suplex style or, you know, dropping the people's elbow style, but um, you know, they, they called roughing the passer on those. They, there needs to be something where, you know, the booth up, up by in the stadium can actually call down and say, wait a minute, you called a penalty for that. No, you know, and over override that. But, um, and at least trying to have some standardization across the league. Because, you know, as you know, if, if you talk to Brian Brodis, Brodis or you listen to Brian Brodis, he will always say, right, the refs that we've got for this game, the tendencies are this, this, and this. So you have to watch out for holding here or whatever. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't be having to do that. You should be having to say, right, okay, just don't hold anyway or whatever, yeah. or don't focus on this or whatever. So um, I mean, it, the it would be great. The referee's worst be, enemy is social media, really, isn't it? Because yeah. like you can have you can have one situation happen in your, in your game and a completely different situation happen in another game. You only have to jump on Game Pass or YouTube and you can share you can share the two plays to your heart's content. So um, think, you know, I think players are getting frustrated about it now because I think Michael Parsons even spoke out about it, didn't he? There was one where I can't I don't know which Rams play it was, but they literally it. It looks like he's clotheslining him. It's obviously the end of <laughs> end of the hold. It's like, why why are the quarterbacks getting protected so much? And it goes to show how protected they are. If you just look at the the one in the the Bucks game this weekend, that was horrendous. There was nothing wrong with it. I think even Brady was embarrassed at the fact that the ref called roughing the passer. It's like, well. You've you've got to find this consistency of well, if you're going to protect the quarterbacks like this and and the the linemen, then 
you've got to look at how they're holding on to the defensive players because some of them were just absolutely shocking that, that he missed. And I think the, the one consistent thing about referees is that they're inconsistent in the NFL. And it's, it's that's that's today's game. That's today's game. You know, when, when people say the league, what they really mean is the 32 owners. And the 32 owners want their star quarterback playing on Sundays. And, you know, that's that's the way the officiating's going. I shared a video in our private chat this afternoon that um, I can't remember the defensive player, but he removed Tom Brady's helmet. And, uh, mm. like, Tom Brady's going to ground and the guy removes his helmet in the tackle. Referees didn't bat an eyelid. Um, you know, if you, if you tackle a player the way Brady was tackled on that play in today's game, you're ejected out of the game. You know, he's on his way down and <laughs> the helmet comes off of Brady and flies off the screen. It's a, it's a huge, huge hit. Tom Brady bounced up, you know, as if let's go on, next play, next play kind of stuff. Um, different, different days. Even, even that comment there from, from Jason about it. It's I mean, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more players pulled out of the, out of the game and just, and I know it's going off a tangent a little bit, but look at um, Teddy Bridgewater. It, yeah. Apparently, he passed his HIA, but it was one of the spotters in the in the crowd saying, "No, someone doesn't seem right." So, I think yeah. we're going to see a lot more players pull out of games now for what might seem the littlest bit of contact for the some of the stuff that they're trying to rid the game of. Like saying, you don't want to see players get injured, and it's especially the tool was just horrendous when you saw on the floor. Like saying, it kind of so a lot of people say, "Well, he had a stroke," because he just kind of just. Kind of all tensed up, and yeah. So I think it's you. you I know you've got to find find that fine balance, but also you've got to think. Well, do you know what? that's just taking the taking the the piss, so to speak, in it in terms of what what do you class as is rough is roughing a player up, and what's just blatant? Are you cheating? Loose tongued, but you, but you get what I mean. It's I mean blatantly stopping the player getting through and, and doing what you cannot. Or blatantly hurting a, a player. You've got to find that fine line, and they've got to get out of it quick because games will spiral out of control, um, and that's what you don't want. Especially with how entertaining and, and how many fewer games you get in this, you want to be talking about good players, not refereeing decisions every week. Yeah. So speaking of entertaining. Um... Number 13, Twinkle Toes is back. Lauren, talk to us about that catch. We all know the catch I'm talking about. That was, I mean, that was just fantastic, that catch. I mean, to, you know, he was getting pushed out of bounds, but he had the, the, the wherewithal to actually drag his foot, get the dust or get the, the bits of rubber flying up in the air as well, and, you know, having the proof. And, you know, it, it was quite astute of the the officials to actually rule it in on the sideline and you know and the obviously commentators are going oh the Cowboys better run this play quickly and then they, they show you the replay <laughs> actually no they can take their time because there's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it being um, Gallup's always good for that I mean you know you, you talk about um, a, that's, that's the one thing Gallup's always been good at is the sideline catches and especially I mean I think the sideline catches in SoFi Stadium. He seems to seems to have a penchant for doing it there as well. Um, 
But, I mean, Jay, um, talk, talk to us about the quality of the throw from Cooper Rush because he puts that in a position where only Michael Gallup can go and get it. And yet again, Michael Gallup comes down with the ball. It's just it's just another tick on on Cooper rushing it for the job that he's been doing. Um, they say it's, it's all good and well just, just flinging it, but I mean, getting it to a point, like you say, where Cooper, Cooper, Michael Gallup can can get there, but also get it in such a tight window. And there's not many quarterbacks that could kind of could make that throw. Um, I'm not saying he's the, the best quarterback in the league, but you've you've got to trust him as well. And clearly, um, Callum Moore trusts that that plane. I think I think we might if. If we see him this, if we see him this week, I think you might see that a little bit more, just because he's so effective. Like you say, he's there's not many receivers that can can bring that kind of pass in. So, plenty of strengths. The, the running game's been alright, but yeah, do you know I mean, target Michael Gallup on these on these tight sideline for us because mm. quarterback can throw him, and, and like you say, old Twinkle Toes can get can get in and get it down. No, no, just to bring him back down to earth, though, I mean, the <laughs> the, 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 the drop that he had um, <laughs> on the third down, I mean, that was, that, that was you know, Scott Scott Cooper, for who used to play for the Claymores, he always said that if he 81. got his hands on the ball, yeah. yeah, if he got his hands on the ball and the ball fell, fell to the ground, it was his fault. And, I mean, that, that pass from Cooper Rush, yeah, it, I think he it maybe got tapped a little as he threw it because it certainly wasn't the tightest spiral. It was a bit bit of a banana ball. Um, but, I mean, Michael Gallup got his hands on it and just dropped it. Um, C.D. Lamb had a similar one later on in the game as well. Yeah. You can't, you can't have those from those guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, make the circus catches, but you got to work it. you got to actually make the those catches as well. And I mean, they actually killed two two drives that, you know, you talk about the potential that we had to to blow that game out of the water. It could have been a, again, it could have been a worse scoreline for, for our opposition. You know, they could have been absolutely mauled by us. Um, but, you know, it's little things like that that just shows that our offense isn't taking over quite correctly there's a cylinder out of place or whatever if you're yeah. likening it to a car it's not the timing's not right there um do you know we, we got to, we got to nearly an hour before we, we had to bring that up <laughs> we, nearly, we nearly got through the show and damn it <laughs> listen jay you've got you've got to take the rough with the smooth we've got to, we've got to stay balanced on this show we can get carried away like our friends in, in philadelphia but we we stay balanced and we stay we stay positive. So mm. let me ask you this question is are are the drops the difference between being Cowboys number one receiver and Cowboys number two receiver? And are we are we any closer to finding out who the number one receiver is? Because to me, the concentration drops are the difference. I, I don't because particularly in the C D Lamb one. He turns up field before that ball secured. That's why the ball comes out, and I call that concentration drops. If anything, I, d I don't want to see any of those 
kind of drops from wide receiver one or wide receiver two, I'd allow in some capacity wide receiver three, wide receiver four and five to make them kind of catches. But that's what those kind of catches are what you're paying big money for them to, to do. And so they're, they're essentially a cardinal sin for me because you let's say you're paying the big bucks for your top two receivers to make those kind of grabs. Those those are the in in some aspects are the, are the catches that could win you a game or lose you a game or kill a drive. Um, so they've, they've got to be better in, the, in them too, especially because we we know what the, especially Gallup, just because he's been around in the league a little bit more. We we know he's got some trusty hands, and CD Lamb is getting that way. If he wants to be the number one receiver, he, he can't be making them mistakes. Okay, so this one for Lauren then. You're the, you're the, that team in Philadelphia's D coordinator. Who's your double coverage? Mm, I, th- I think Lamb has proved that he can still do the damage over the middle, which, you know, the, the last two weeks we've hit Lamb on a crosser across the middle and he's got, you know, he's managed to get first down. He's got 10, 15 yards as well. And it does seem to be a go go to play. I mean, um, you know, we did that to to get us into field goal position for that final field goal as well on on third down and long. You know, Gallup, uh, sorry, um, Lamb came up a yard short. Now there's been a bit of criticism that he should have maybe put his body on the line and gone. And you know, knowing that he was going to knowing that he was going to get hit there, he should have gone for that extra yard. Um, you know, and and kept the drive alive, and you know, but a lot of I think a lot of people didn't re- didn't understand why we still we went for the field goal there instead of going for it on fourth and one. But the the thing is, if you don't make it on fourth and one, then you know you're you're ahead by nine points. That's a field goal and a touchdown for the Rams. Um, you know, and the, the Rams were driving again in the, those last. You know, they got the ball back and it. It was only because it got snuffed out by an interception by Malik Cooker on that last drive that um, you know it, it could quite easily have gone the other way. You give up, you give up another touchdown, and then all they need to do is get 30, 40 yards off the kick and um, and and kick a field goal, and they're up by a point or whatever. So um, I I certainly think you know. It, it, you know, yes, you can say that uh, Lamb should have got that extra yard, but, um, you know, play safe with the ball. And, you know, I think the Cowboys were right to go with that field goal in the last... Now, uh, and, you know, th- thankfully, after the disastrous initial um, long snap uh, in the game, you know, I, there wasn't any real sort of long snap uh, deficiencies um, throughout the game. Um, the you know there there is a slight concern now that Brian Anger has shanked two punts this year, um, but um, other than that, I think I think you know we, we we've done well with this game, so um, continue down this road, and you know obviously it will eventually click in properly. I think so, and maybe it is that you know. You know, Gallup's only two games back, and he was on the pitch count last week. You know, he needs to pick up his game a little bit. And 
you know, that'll take some of the pressure off Lamb as well. So that'll allow Lamb to, to further develop into, uh, into the number one role. Are we a little bit concerned about Jalen Talbot? I don't think so. I, I don't think I am, to be honest. I mean, yeah, okay, we gave up a third round draft pick for him. Um, you know, and, you know, some people were saying he should have gone in the second round and we should have taken Sam Williams in the third round. But we're, we're getting something out of Sam Williams. So, you know, that's justified. Third round picks, yeah, they're meant to contribute straight away. But I think just, you know, the fact that we got Gallup back, you know, that took him off the that took him off the field. The, the receivers behind him are all playing a role on special teams. Uh, Jalen Tolbert hasn't done anything of that in, in college, or and I don't think he did a hell of a lot of that in high school football as well. So, you know, that's something that, you know, you've got to get the, you've got to have an experience of it to then be able to play it in practice and then get the coaches, um, the coaches' eye to, you know, it, it would be all different if if we hadn't signed Kevonta Turpin. You know, Jalen Tolbert was looking at being the punt returner, so he would have been active then if if mm. um, if if we hadn't signed Kevonta Turpin. So, you know, he would have been active then, and we would have been seeing a bit more of him. But um, and I th I think the other thing as well. I think if you look at the number of defensive linemen that we're activating at, week, at the weekend, you know, I think Dan Quinn's got a big say that I think there's there's probably a skew towards the defence so that they have all these fresh, you know, fresh people on the field that the, the defensive line that was playing the first drive against the Rams that obviously Dorrance Armstrong came in and got the strip sack uh, and got the touchdown off that was a different one that then ultimately on the next drive led to the the you know the stop and get the block punt as well so um you know i think i think there is a favoring of the defense there that dan quinn's getting in a few extra guys that's maybe meaning we're not having as many wide receivers active um you're obviously you're having to keep to, to bring these practice squad elevations, you've got to have eight offensive linemen active during the during the game as well. So that's eight guys that are, you know, when you when you do the number crunching, you've only got forty eight, well, forty six plus however many you bring up from the practice squad. You've only got those that you can activate during the during the game. Yeah. Um, and the numbers are at a premium in this. So. Um, but you know, at the at the same time, I think it's good that we're storing him. You know, we're not guys haven't got a chance to to you know scout him so far this season. Um, they've only got what they've seen in the in the preseason games, which isn't a lot when you're going up against third and uh, third and fourth strings. Um, when we do activate him, because you know there will be an injury at some point. Um, Within our wide receiver core, or whatever, or he'll he'll become active, and you know he can maybe hit the ground running once he's got once he's got um, that chemistry and practice with whoever's thrown the ball to him. Jay, what do you think about Talbot? Is it too early to judge? Are the, are the defensive backs in the league just that step up from from college? What do you think? Um, I think if anything, you could 
to to probably try and be fair to him, it's probably a bit of both. Um, a, third, a third round pick on a wide receiver. You want to see him getting more in, involved in games and and making these big catches and. Yeah, essentially had a perfect opportunity when you say about grabbing the, the ball by the arms. But Gallup was out. Um, Washington, although we know what he can do um, from his time in Pittsburgh, was he, was he really the a potential number two standout? I don't think so. I think um, it was there for him to... To, to win and he, he obviously didn't do that. There's, there's, might it just be as well that the coaches don't fully trust him yet as well, so his number's not getting called a lot more. Um, I think, that, I think a, a lot of the play, something along them lines will, will have that to that effect. Um, and saying, and you look at two, two of the rookie Titans, they're getting maybe some some ball that he should be getting um it's it's an hard one isn't it? and it's he might see him on a short leash i think if this continues towards the end of the season because there's there's some wide receivers and to name one from Rucker, who's imp- who impressed all the way through camp at some point you're gonna have to see what you've got with him because are you just going to keep him around and not? And like I said you just use him on special teams for the. But when he's when he's shone at the wide receiver position in preseason, so you've do you do you cut your losses and go right? Let's see what we got, or do you do you try to trust this guy a little bit more and and maybe start forcing balls to him? But that might be better answer when Dak's probably back. Um, yeah. You probably would trust more in in that aspect of forcing a ball to see what a receiver can do. Um, but at the minute, I think it's, the jury's out in it. But it's a it's a short leash as well in terms of what this 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 jury will allow this wide receiver to get a, to get away with or not get away with, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, from from me, it's always too early to judge judge draft picks especially especially when you when you're dealing with a backup after or after week five i just asked the question because obviously um you know we we did only have 10 completions on sunday and um when, but when you consider that he's a rookie the, the defensive backs across the league have seen it been there done that he's gonna have to find that that additional level um let's give him a couple of seasons i would suggest um I only raise the point basically because Dak's on the verge of coming back and are you going to see a little bit more of Jalen Talbert because obviously Dak will go you would imagine that Dak would go through his progressions a little bit quicker, the accuracy would be a little bit tighter, the the range in passing will be much bigger as well. So let's see what happens. Um to to Andrew's question, when will Washington uh return? Um so I don't know about you guys, but certainly my understanding of it is around the Packers game, presumably. At best, I think he started working with Britt Brown on the sidelines with the, the resistance cords, which suggests he's maybe on his way back. But um, 
I think obviously with a bone break in your foot, you need, and particularly for a wide receiver who's needing to cut on the ball um, or make cuts to to get to the ball, I think um, you you really need that to be a hundred percent. So I think the the talk is that you know he's he's probably going to start practicing next week, um, and then you make a decision on the, on the back of that. Jason, I'm going to I'm going to word your question slightly differently if you don't mind. Um, who is the biggest disappointment, and could it be Dalton Schultz? I'm going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say it is just for the fact that you franchise tagged this guy. So for eleven million dollars, should be getting a hell of a lot more involved in games, um, and he's just not. He, this is probably one of the worst. Can you call it contracts really? Because it's kind of a. a rent to buy maybe kind of for a season on what it is essentially the franchise tag um so yeah it's definitely schultz for for me it's it's arrow down for schultz at the minute and he's only damaging his his contract worth what do you think lauren yeah i think i think that's the case i mean obviously when you you didn't have gallop you didn't have anybody other than um, C.D. Lamb, who was a, a known name in this league, Schultz should have been your, your your second receiver as far as it was. And yeah, I suppose to an extent he was when Dak was in. You know, he was Dak's safety blanket in that first game. Um, but since since then, he's really not done a hell of a lot and he's he's been injured. And, you know, again, the, the greatest ability you can have is availability. So... We haven't seen that this this year, um, and and certainly the fact that um, you know these guys that are behind him, Ferguson and Hendershot, they're snapping at his heels, and you know we're getting plays out of them as well. And now th- this weekend there wasn't a single pass completed to a tight end or a or a running back, so it was only literally I think it was three players who who made receptions. Um, and that was Gallup, I think Noah Brown and um, C.D. Lamb. So um, n- nobody was particularly effectual this 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 weekend. Um, but you know, Schultz is certainly, I think, he's not living up to the the scratch. And I don't think he will get a contract renewal from us this year. I think we've beat around the bush enough. Let's talk about the real MVP, shall we? The Cowboys' defense. Is there much more we can say about this group of players? I know. I know. I've big done, bigged up on him every week, but I'm, I'm just going to say, Donald's freaking Armstrong, man. This guy is better week in, week out. Oh, don't do you know the only thing about? Darren Armstrong's game on Sunday, and it's more of a because he deserved it. It's a shame that he couldn't run that block back in because it. I was playing that. That would have just topped the top the season off, wouldn't it? That he 
blocked it himself, stripped it, blocked it, got it out, whatever you want to call it, and took it back <laughs> in. It would have just been immense. It's just, oh. I, I said it at the start of the season that the, the Cowboys front four as a as a unit will be the sack leaders in the NFL. And they just, and I, I stick by it, man. These guys are causing so much disruption. It's, it's immense to watch. Yeah, I mean, at, at the moment they're on pace for something like sixty-eight sacks in this season. If 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 it carries on the way it's going, um, and that's actually, that would actually be the best. The best I think is sixty-two from the nineteen eighty. I think it was nineteen eighty-five Cowboys, nineteen eighty-six Cowboys. Um, certainly back in the days where you had Everson Walls and Michael Downs in the backfield. Um, so these these guys are absolutely performing above the the expected level at the start of the season. Um, you know, e- even you know, it, it's yes, you can say that Micah Parsons now he's had three games where he's been um, t- double double sack games. You know, um, but you're getting production from everywhere. And again, you know, <laughs> suppose we ask the question every week. Are we missing Randy Gregory? And I, I would have to say that the way Dorrance Armstrong, uh, you know, Dorrance Armstrong gave you the same pass rushing ability last year as Randy Gregory. They both got five sacks. Now, Randy Gregory was a bit more stout in the run game. Um, and, you know, there is still the run game. I think the Rams actually went away from the run game this, this game way too easy but um you know as far as i'm concerned dorrance armstrong has stepped up again and he is he is rewarding the cowboys for this this you know having the faith in them to sign them to another deal yeah i think um i know we big him up every week but mike parsons just once again showed that he's not human like he pretty much played the last <laughs> 10 minutes on one leg and still got a hell of a lot of QB pressures just dominated that offensive line pretty much on one leg and it's just like and and I've, I've, I've bashed Leonard Van Der Esch for a while and to be fair he, he he quite impressed me on Sunday as well he had a a quiet but steady game um, the sky's the limit with this defence um, it's just yeah it, I mean it's just how can you what more can you say for a defense that's that's impressing week in week out? And we've pretty much said everything we can do every single show. Where well, they talk about momentum in in the NFL to to start that first series in the Rams' house, which was effectively the Cowboys' house. Let's face it, to start yeah. that first series with a fumble that must have broken their back straight away. Yeah, and a, a scoop and score fumble as well. I mean, that's you know you're you're putting them in the back. You know, with one what was it? It was something like one thirty three. So not just over ninety seconds into the game, and you're already six points down because your your offense has fumbled the ball away and it's been picked up. And you know, Demarcus Lawrence walked that ball in. You know, it wasn't a case of having to sprint for for the end zone. He walked that in. Um, so that, you know that is going to be a backbreaker, and just the fact that yeah, we do give up. You know, we gave up three long plays, but apart from that, 
I mean, I, I think what was it? Something like the Rams had about three hundred yards of offense, but a hundred hundred and sixty of them came on three plays, right? Which means that the remaining fifty-seven plays or whatever, because normally it's a, normally you're at least sixty plays a game. The remaining fifty-seven, they got one hundred and forty yards, and that just shows that you know that that is a way to shut down and. Stafford looked harassed the whole time. Um, you know, um, it's it's a testament to these guys and to Dan Quinn as well. I think the fact that we've got a Dan Quinn for a second year, he, he knew he's learned what worked last season. You know, this isn't the same defense that you're seeing from uh, either when he was in Atlanta or way back when he was a defensive coordinator for Seattle. It's completely different. Um, yes, there's elements, but um, it, it's not anything that you can tie anybody down to and and say, right, go back and have a look at that. Go back and have a look at that game, and that will show you how to attack a, a Dan Quinn defence. Um, Jamie, talk, talk to us about balance, because the, the, the Rams tried to get Cam Akers going. They really did try 13, 13 attempts. But he only carried the ball for 33 yards. Stafford had 42 passing attempts. We really knocked them off balance on Sunday. You do, well, they saying it's all you always look at, don't you? That establish the run, and and it then makes them that that third down pass a little bit more easier. Do you know what I mean third and short is always better than third and ten? Um, and that's what the Cowboys from. You could you could even push it to say front seven seem to be doing this year is taking that run game away from teams and forcing them to throw. Um, but it's not just not just one player, which is I think what's remarkable about this season um, is that in past years it's always been someone like Arani Gregory or it's been uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Demarcus obviously is still playing to a good level, but it's these it's these other guys that. Are, are now elevating their game. And I think someone put a stat out the other week on it that Mike Parsons is still, he's, sorry, he's still playing at high level, but he's, the stats don't maybe show that as much. And but I think that's because teams teams are getting used to playing against him, but he also, he does, he does a lot, a lot of stuff different. So you see the fact that um, t- teams will double, will double team him. Um, is is opening gaps up for other players. So other players are thriving on the back of these players like a Demarcus Lawrence or a, a Michael Parsons and, and the they're getting the job done. So it's 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 benefiting the team but it's it's benefiting themselves as well because it means that they're gonna get more game time. Um coaches are gonna trust calling their number in, in players. I just think yeah and it's the, the more that they keep playing this, I think the the more you're going to see teams not be able to run on the Cowboys because they, they're just going to take away the, that part of the game early, um, and it's going to it's going to frustrate teams, and you can, and then that's going to benefit the defensive backs because they're just going to get heck of a lot more picks than they've, they've been getting so far. So, um, Lauren, we all know it's we all know it's Halloween season. Will will Matthew Stafford be seeing ghosts? Six sacks, two forced fumbles. 
Oh, yeah, I, th I think he will. And, I mean, you know, as I say, he was running for his life on that game. Um, you know, he, he can at least go, right, well, okay, that's that's that out of the way. And he's only got the 49ers again um, this season. But, I mean, the last the last two weeks, he's been harassed by the 49ers and our defence, um, which I think, if you look at the stats, are actually one and two in the league. Um, and, and depending on who you look at, we're we're first, they're, they're second, or whatever. So it it flip flops there. But um, you know, he, he must be thinking, thank God that's over, and you know, I can get back to whoever it is he's whoever it is he's playing this week. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he's you know talking about concussion protocols. He's lucky he got out of that alive this this weekend. <laughs> So, Jay, we like—I know we like to stay balanced, or I like to stay balanced on this show. Let's talk about um, the Cooper Cup touchdown. Um, do we write that off as it's Cooper Cup and he's the best receiver in the league? It's Cooper Cup and he's the best receiver in the league, or do we? You know, I, I, for from my from my remembering of it, it was Diggs in coverage. Uh, do we just yeah. talk it down to another Diggs? Being digs and he's going to lose eventually. And I'm I'm not going to lie. The, the first kind of time you, you see it in, when you see it back, and I, I was sat there and I was just like, it's, it's true about digs. He just gives up these big plays, these short plays. But then when you look at it back, and it, to be fair, Cooper gets a really good jump on him, um, comes across the line, and he, and he just bursts through. It's it. a one-handed grab as well. Yeah. So yeah. He, he, I just think it was the fact that. A mixture of, of both, and it's it's more on Cup that the fact that he got a great jump on it, and Cooper Cup's just arguably the the best receiver in the league at the minute, and that's why they're paying him all this money to make them kind of plays, and that's what you want to see a CD Lamb do. So I'll 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 let this slide for for Trayvon Diggs for this week. If it had been a different receiver, then he, he might not be getting so much leeway. But yeah, it's. It, Cup, Cup does that to the to the most everybody to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, the, he's the best I, receiver in the league. I think the problem as well, I, you know, just before we came on, Sky were actually showing the the condensed highlights as well. So, um, on that particular play, we were rushing six, and we, you know, they were empty backfield, so they had five guys out, which meant we were man coverage. We didn't have anybody back there. Um, and as you know, they brought somebody they they brought somebody across in motion, which signifies to Stafford that it's a it's man defense that we're playing, and that that just you know he all he has to do is look at um, Cup and say right okay, it's man defense. All you need to do is release off the line, and you know at least you're going to get five yards if nothing else. You're going to get an easy catch, and it's just the way that. You know, un unfortunately for Diggs, you know that that is one of the hardest routes to to defend. And I mean, you know, we were we were saying the other on the other side of the ball that you know, Lamb has had these crossers the last couple of weeks and got good yardage out of it as well. So I think that just that just goes to show the difficulty. And you know, Diggs, Diggs never gave up on that play until there the, there was a Rams receiver ran in front of him and he had to sort of pull back up on that, you know, 
there was still all, all potential that Diggs could have caught up to him. It, it wasn't a case of um, Diggs not being able to stay stride for stride with him. So yeah. that was um, that was clever. That that receiver knew exactly what he was doing. It was it was it was a great block, if you know what I mean. Like he he, he runs across, yeah. cuts off the route, and it makes it so much easier. Um, you know, I, I'm going to put it down to it's it's Cooper Cup. Best receiver in the league, like I've said, and you know, like you're saying, it's man coverage and the way Diggs plays. Diggs plays on the edge. That's why he's so good. That's why he's so good. That's why he gets so many turnovers. Um, yeah, another stellar, stellar performance. Again, I never underestimate this against the Super Bowl holders. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think we've said that enough tonight. We went into LA silenced. <laughs> Let's face it, the away crowd. That was a <laughs> that was a home game for the Cowboys. You could see it. Yeah. You could see it in the stands. Um, so I think we'll finish off with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, let's talk special teams. Um, the fake punt. What do we think? I have to say, I actually, I, I was sitting here watching the game, and I actually, you know, I'd noticed that one of our defense, one of our um, jammers, was actually backing off the line, and I thought, oh, I wonder if they're expecting, I wonder if they're expecting something here, mm. and um, you know, but Sam Williams had the the wherewithal to actually notice that the pass protector uh, or pump protector had actually leaked through the line he pulled back as well and just got his arm up but unfortunately the pass was just over his fingertips um you know but um you know jody camillas who i mean he was a special teams coordinator for us at one point as well oh i um, remember still have sleepless about, nights <laughs> i know you, you talk about Fasol being capable of running trick plays, but Camillus is, you know, Camillus has a whole arsenal of these as well. And, you know, I I was thinking we we might have used a trick play during the game. Um, it just so happened they had the, they had the right call for it. And um, I, I, I think it's one of these things that it takes a lot of guts to, to, to make that call. Um, and it takes a lot of things being right, and you know, obviously, it's it's up to the pump protector to actually make that decision whether it's still on or not. He obviously saw something that said yes. Um, it could, you know, could have been a worse. Sometimes you see these fake punts, and they do go for you know 15, 20 yards, and the backbreakers. This only went five yards, got the first down, but you know, we were able to hold on again, and you know, the, the it, it didn't kill us. Um, yeah, you know. So, from that point of view, I'll I'll take that. You know, you you're going to give up one of these um, every so often, and you know, obviously they'll they'll take that. Hasn't killed them, and they'll take that, and they'll they'll you know be slightly better prepared the next time. So, speaking of backbreakers, Jay, the Rams fumbled the ball, and then the block punt. Are you ever going to come back from that? I mean, what an awful start to the game. 
it's, it's, it brings up them kind of comments in it of um, it, it never raised, it paused on it, and it literally it, it poured on them this weekend. Um, <laughs> and I, I think we should bask in the glory because God, how many times has it happened to us? And so yeah, it's about it's about more than I can count. Yeah, more than I can count. And I know I get, a lot of people get annoyed that the games get blacked out on um, Game Pass because of Sky, but thank heaven that it was on British TV for us to see in all its glory because we can record it and watch it back. <laughs> <laughs> with a, with a, a bit of a Benny Hill theme tune in the background as well. <laughs> And um, our our favourite subject in UK Cowboys, um, three field goals, uh, I three field goals, three three made, and an extra point attempt. Have we all ordered our Brett Maher jerseys yet, or are we waiting Money for another Maher. week? Maher. <laughs> I, yeah, I th- I think we're seeing a completely different guy. I mean, by all accounts, when he was with. New Orleans last year, he was, you know, he was 16 of 18 last year. He only played half the season because he had an injury to begin with. Um, but, you know, he's he's been rock solid this year. And, you know, the I think um, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's missed on one extra point or, sorry, there was an extra point blocked by F.A. Obada last week against the Commanders. This week, you know, he never had it, never even had a chance at the first extra point because, God knows what the, uh, I think the the long snapper was, um, you know, had had a bit of the yips because it was his first game for us, and he's like, I, I better do a good job of snapping the ball here. But um, y- you know, he he's been rock solid, and the only the only kick he has missed that has been, you could say, his fault was the the one um, fifty yarder at half time in the in the Giants game, and you're talking. 50 yard in that giant stadium, the the ball swirls around. There's there's nothing you can do. Mm. Um, but the, the the main thing you notice with his kicks this year, you know, even even when he was converting them in his first stint with us, they were always just coming in through the goalpost. <laughs> this time he is actually split in the middle. They were trick uh, shots. They were trick shots. Yeah, as long, as long as he doesn't try and do what the Saints did last week, or oh, the you know, bar, the crossbar like, post, the, the double doink, you know. But um, <laughs> look at what happened in the Bengals game. I mean, one of these days we're going to get some luck with that one. That one, that one didn't even go over, did it? And they give it. Yep. <laughs> so, what do you reckon, Jamie? Are we ready to hand out the contract extension yet, no. or will we will we wait on it? <laughs> No, I think you've got to wait. Um, I just, but it's more so because he's he's been a little bit inconsistent throughout his career he, as well. And do you really want to be tying someone down like that? Um, and then by all accounts, in um, training camp as well, he, he wasn't. Well, clearly wasn't um, fully accurate because I think what did the Cowboys including him, did the Cowboys bring in four kickers to compete with each other in training camp? I can't remember the last time I ever heard four tra- kickers being in training camp whatsoever for any team. Um, 
I think he's probably played himself at the minute. Let's see how he, he gets on as the season goes by. And then when he gets to, not that these games aren't important, but you say if he gets to a point where we, we need a field goal to maybe win the division, or make it to the playoffs or go through in the playoffs, that's when you start thinking, right, this guy's deserving a contract. At the minute, he's heading the right way. But I, I think when it's more now, when, when, it, the current, when it's... When it's on the line. That's when we need to see if he's really money man. How when it's it, it, when we really, really need him in those dying seconds, and we need a and it's like I say, it's it's in Philadelphia and it's swirling wind and you've got the crowd. Do you know what I mean? It, it's hostile as hell over there in every game. Um, can he can he nail a fifty yarder? As the time expires, with all with all those factors against him, so let's see where it's going. Yeah, positive at the minute, but let's. I'm not. I'm not throwing all my eggs in one basket. No, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy world. The kicking game. I mean, um, Rodrigo Blackenship is a free agent. Um, you know, he was he was he was Mr. Consistent prior to the 2022 season. I think I read he had some like an 85 percent success rate. And then all of a sudden he has a couple of bad weeks. I wouldn't say bad, I'd say questionable weeks. And the Colts move on from them. It just proves they are dime a dozen. Unless you're the Ravens, they've mm. got their guy locked up. You know, you can treat this as a monthly type thing. It's very, very much a form position. Do you know um, what? Funny you should mention it. I know, I think Mike mentioned it a few weeks ago on one of the shows. And I don't, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised, sorry, should I say, that a lot of teams haven't followed suit because. Is 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 easily the, the best kicker in the league by a million miles. You could arguably say he's probably what the best kicker this you've the game seen in at least twenty years, and they're the only team that's got a specific kicking coach, and it, it pays dividends. Why yeah. every other NFL team hasn't got a specific kicking coach when showing what. It can it can do is beyond me. I think a lot of teams need to take suit of what the Ravens are doing because um, it's only going to benefit your kicker going down the line. It's going to benefit your team because, um, like I say, <laughs> with them kind of kicks, it's it's either a, it's either a yard wide or a yard in, and that that can make a break your season. That can change a game if you're losing, but you need something just to give you a little bit of a boost. And sometimes a, a long field goal. Can do that, so let's get on the phone to Jerry and let's get a, a kicking coaching. <laughs> well, on that note, the um, the backup has got to thank his his two number one receivers. Where are they? They're, they're down there. They've looked after him. They've coached him through the coached him through on the sidelines, and it leaves me now to pay the bills. So if somebody wants- say, Bri- Bri- Brian, who? <laughs> Somebody wants to talk us through Cowboys' experience. Go on, I'll do it. Um, so, obviously, if you're looking to go to a game this year um, or even start looking for next year, get in contact with Cowboys' experience for the ultimate meet and greet, stadium tours, game tickets, tailgating, much, much more. Get to beat guys like um, Drew Pearson, Micah Parsons, Jay Novacek. Um, you know, they'll look after you. Mention the 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 that uh, we sent you. Mention UK Cowboys, and you'll get um, a nice little goodie bag as well. 
from all accounts. Jamie? Yeah, as, as we've mentioned um, over the last few weeks, 2023, we finally put together a, a trip out to the Big D to watch the Cowboys play with our um, our good friends and sponsors of the, of the show, Cowboys Experience. Um, that'll include tickets, tours of the stadium and the star, meet and greets with current and former players in DCC. Now, who doesn't love a DCC? And much more. Um, so stay tuned as the as the season get comes to an end this year so we can give you some more details then once the schedule is out a, a decision will be made on the game but yeah get keep keep coming back to check with us because there'll be information where you can pay deposits etc so yeah get get his get his name down and we'll let's go show um dallas how we how we tailgate and how we like to drink before a game <laughs> Yeah, make sure you stay tuned for uh, our After Hours show, which is called um, Jamie and the DCC. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cracking <laughs> listen. Um, yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, stay before the watershed in this one. Uh, make sure to check out all the, the content creators that we, we love around the world. I know JTuck will have an amazing week on Twitter when, when we're dealing with the Dirty Birds. Um, <laughs> you've got uh, Bluff City, you've got Big Game James, Talking Cowboys, Hanging With The Boys, so much uh, content, great content that's out there at the minute. Um, and make sure you catch our own Mike and Paul on Blogging The Boys at some point. Make sure you check out their website. Um, yeah, the, the, the opening to this week's uh, The World Team was... Uh certainly had me choking so um i, w- I won't uh, actually highlight what what the situation was there go back and listen to it and see if it does the same for you but um yeah it's great great listen so guys thank you very much thanks for joining us this thursday make sure to check us out again at Sorry, make sure you join us again this Thursday, um, 9 p.m. UK, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Pacific. It's Eagles Week. Make sure you join the guys on Thursday. And thank you very much for joining us this week. Yep. Have a good week, guys. Um, I'll no doubt be on Thursday because I've got a lot of uh, things to get off my chest about these boo birds. So uh, see you then, guys. Uh, stay safe, have a good week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, well done to G. Great hosting the show this week, man. Thanks yep. for letting us have a have a babble. G, the playmakers got us through this week. I just put the ball in their hands and they go and make me the star. Don't you kid yourself on. <laughs> See you next uh, time.